Is your definition of success sabotaging sustainability? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome, welcome to episode number 15. My name is Kelly. Thank you for joining me. If this is your first episode, a special welcome to you. I've got a pretty good topic on hand today. On almost every show, I've been making the point that fitness culture, or culture in general, affects our mindset towards physical activity and fitness. And that mindset affects the methods that we take to get and stay active. And those methods influence our motivation over time. And if we have a or if we create a positive feedback loop between our mindset, our methods, and our motivation, then we really create a recipe or we really have a recipe for sustainable physical activity. And by sustainable physical activity, I'm talking about the ability to take your routine and run with it for not just a few weeks or a few months, but for years and years and years. With, of course, some modifications over time, but you've established a strong motivational foundation that will be there for years and years and years. So today, we're going to make another important link between culture, mindset, our methods, and our motivation. In previous episodes, I've been very, very clear on how it's important to know what performance domain you see yourself operating in. And as some of my past interviews have shown, high performance culture has a lot of pitfalls for people who are just simply seeking to move more, to move in a more positive way, and to look at physical activity as something they want to sustain for a long period of time. High performance culture is not necessarily designed to be long lasting. And so it's important to kind of talk about all of these things what it means to be disciplined, what it means to be successful, which is, of course, the topic today. When we hear the word success, we attach a lot of imagery, a lot of secondary language to it. And if we say, you know, what does it mean to be successful in life? There's a lot of images that have come out from what we would call the pursuit of the American dream, the idea of acquiring things, of having a house, getting a bigger house, having a nice car, getting the family, etc., 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 climbing that culturally informed ladder. And so the default status, which I talk about a lot on the show, the default status is really important to understand. And right now in fitness culture, the default status for success is usually to do with how you look, how fast you are, how strong you are. And in last episode, I really dove into counting culture and how we often define ourselves and we define whether we're doing things right by a number, whether that's a number on a scale or a number on a watch or, you know, the number of calories that we burn in a particular session. We define success like that. And I'm going to throw another wrench in that whole default setting because from my point of view, and remember, I'm coming from a background of supporting high performance on the mental side. So I guess I have this background to be able to see how performance domains really dictate the rules, the the rules of engagement, the disciplinary code that we're trying to follow. And high performance is not designed to be a sustainable way of being active. 
we're pushing boundaries. There's there's the management of pain. There's trying to enhance capacity to perform this one, usually very specific thing, very, very well. And so, as I say, there's sometimes a hangover as people exit high performance and enter the rest of their lives. And I've documented that already in the show, and that will most likely be a theme in interviews that I will be conducting um, later on. We are heavily influenced by high-performance culture. We're heavily influenced by military culture, which means we're also influenced in this idea that physical activity is a self-sacrificing pursuit. And when we look at what it means to be successful in that pursuit, that means overcoming the feedback that we're getting. And I believe when we're talking about behavior change and lifestyle change, that physical activity is much, much more than just going out and trying to overcome ourselves through willpower and other uh, mental tricks. And some of these mental tricks are often used by high performers because, again, the relationship between themselves and physical activity is a different one. Now, that doesn't mean that if you are somebody who's looking to be active and you've got a competitive spirit and you have goals for competing, that doesn't mean that you can't have measurable goals and you can't perform physical activity in challenging ways. What I'm basically saying is for the rest of the population of people, this way really doesn't work. And we keep on trying to teach people that this is the way to go, that willpower is key. There's a whole other host of skills that we need to acquire to be able to create a sustainable relationship with fitness. And the foundation that is a part of all of this is how do we see success? And so it's not a problem if you, at least in part, look at success as I would like to run a 10K in under 60 minutes, but I'm going to put something else on the table for you. And this is, when I do this, it always has the long game in mind. And that long game is always tied to the fact that fitness is a relationship. It's a relationship between you. It's a relationship between you and your body and movement. If you establish a positive relationship between your body and movement, you are setting yourself up for a long-term relationship with fitness. And that's really at the core of this, that success is showing up. But I'm going to take it one step further. If we're really looking at repeating your routine in some fashion over and over again for not just weeks and weeks, but years and years, then we have to also add something else to the pile. And that is not just the showing up, that's the outcome of something else. Do you feel like going back? Do you feel like going again after you do the thing that you've done? If your fitness journey has rarely had that feeling. You very rarely felt like going back and repeating it, that you have to kind of drag yourself to go and use willpower just to show up. Then something might be out of alignment. And that something could be the activities you're choosing, when you're doing those activities, how you're doing them, even with whom you're doing them or where you're doing them. So, a lot of these things come into the fray. If we can create that feeling, and I know we can, and there are certain skills we can acquire to create that feeling, 
If we can create that feeling, our routine is set up to be running downhill. And if we focus on a definition of success that is something that has come out of popular fitness culture that we just accept, to be doing it right, in air quotes, to be doing it right means to have all of the measures in a certain range of normality, even beyond normality into something special, like you've got the six-pack abs, or you've got a sub-40, 10K time, or something to that effect. If you hang your self-perception on those types of metrics, then you're being disciplined to a code that might not necessarily be your own. And again, I'm speaking kind of for the general population here because high performance, where a lot of these ideas come from, where the images we hold about the idea of being successful and that we keep seeing in popular culture, if we hang our hat on what we see in popular fitness culture, if we, if we keep identifying with those things, even though we're really just seeking to be more active on a regular basis, then we're going to run into a lot of problems because we're not necessarily freely choosing that disciplinary code. We're not necessarily freely aligning ourselves with all of the fitness options that are out there. We are devaluing the process. We're devaluing the experience so we can achieve an outcome. But at the end of the day, even when we look at high performers and how they fell into the sport, at some point, at least at a very bare minimum, at some point, there was a love for that sport. And often it gets taken over by you know, super high performance culture, but most athletes start in their sport because they love it. They got a spark and they love something about it. And it's really hard to protect that sometimes, but that is a big part of their journey. And success to them was that early on, they just couldn't wait to go back and do that thing again. And by doing that, by having that feeling and being eager to go back, of course, consistency was established. And through consistency, a lot of outcomes become achievable. You get better. It's just like us too, for people who really have a modest goal of being regularly active and and maybe trying to get better, trying to get faster as a, a part of this journey. But nothing will really replace the power of that resonating experience with the process, with the run as you do it, with the ride, with the swim, with the spin class, with the yoga class. Nothing can really replace that because that's where the power is and that's what's linked to that feeling of, do I feel like doing this again? And that's a feeling we can manipulate. And that's a feeling that with a few simple skills, we can start building upon and building our routine around. Right now, though, at the default level, fitness culture really tells us that how you feel doesn't matter. Just suck it up. Go get that gym membership, work your ass off because it's all about effort, right? It's not about the feeling of it. It's all about effort. You just got to work hard, get the goals, and then, you know, you'll earn happiness later. What I'm saying is that if we're looking at a sustainable relationship with fitness, happiness must be part of the process. It must be built into the process. And if it's there, success becomes showing up. And we always show up on a regular basis to things that we really feel like doing. So if we're looking at success as another one of these ideas that has been branded or 
I often use the word hijacked, that's been hijacked in today's fitness culture, even by the fitness industry in some ways. If we really take a look at success, we can see we're often following this notion, this idea, this belief without questioning it, even though it might not be in our best interests. So that really brings us to the question of the day. What needs to happen for you to feel like going back time and time again? I look at that feel like it feeling as the holy grail of motivation. To really feel attracted to the things that you include in your fitness routine from week to week. Doesn't necessarily mean it's just one thing that you keep on doing over and over again. It means have you built a routine with activities that fit you? That could be more than one. What needs to happen for you to feel like going back time and time again and repeating that routine? Is it when you do it? Where you do it? With whom? Is it how you do that activity? What are the adjustments that you need to make to ensure that when you're done a workout, whether that's a class or, you know, a run on your own, whatever it is, what are the things that you need to do? Are your beliefs about fitness, about your body, serving you? Or do you need to make some adjustments? So with that, thanks again for checking in. Follow the show on Instagram if you like, at Happily Ever Active Show, or you can follow me personally at kelly.dell, that's D-O-E-L-L. And until next time, of course, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.